Welcome to the Optimal Mindset Podcast. My name is Johnny Taylor and I'm a PE teacher and a coach with a passion for all things related to mindfulness, breathwork and sports science. In these episodes, we'll be chatting with some of my personal idols and experts in the field of sports and performance. I hope to uncover stories about their journey, optimizing routines and the mindset they use to achieve their goals. Remember, train your mind, optimize your life. All right, welcome to the show. Uh, today's guest is Matt Rosser. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Matt. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. So Matt is a professional basketball player who plays for the Philippine Basketball Association team TNT Tropengiga and has represented the national team as well. He recently helped TNT to win the PBA title, which is, I believe is his sixth championship overall. Off the court, he is a proud dad of four amazing girls, and he's a plant-based uh, plant-based athlete. And I really can't wait to to find out more about his mindset. Um, so I kind of like to start with a bit of background. Um, do you want to maybe tell us like about your journey into basketball uh, and kind of how you ended up playing professionally in the Philippines? Yeah. So um, for me, basketball has been like my sport like ever since growing up. So. Uh, it's like really I didn't really try any other sports I played like flag football a little bit but I just always been a basketball player and then uh, I kind of took me from because uh, I, I grew up in San Diego and then moved to Temecula which is like a suburb like in between San Diego and LA uh, played there actually played four years in high school and then got recruited to play at Cal Poly Pomona it's a division two school uh, near the LA area uh, so Played there for four years. Um, going into my fourth year, the, the way it came up is like I actually met a coach. We were playing against uh, this coach who was Filipino, and we ran into their team at like a local Denny's after the game. We, you know, we kind of smashed them. Like I had a pretty good game, and then uh, the coach saw my mom there and, and was like, "Are you Filipino?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm Filipino. I was actually born in the Philippines." And then his the coach, coach, his name is Coach Leo. His eyes lit up and was like, "Oh man, I used to coach in the Philippines. I lived in the Philippines for so many years. Like I have connections. I can help you get there. Like you can, you're actually eligible to be on the national team." So he like connected me with my agent now, Charlie D. Um, c- connected through like at that time it was face or yeah Facebook and email. Went back and forth, and then at the end of my season, they're like, "Hey." Well, the national team will fly you out for a tryout and it kind of and you know it kind of just went on from there I came when I came to the Philippines I came straight on the national team uh had a good showing we actually won the uh Jones Cup in a Taiwan tournament it was like my first tournament first professional tournament anything I've ever done and we got the gold medal so it kind of worked out for me and then they kind of kept me on I signed two years with the national team uh, like right after that so yeah, that's that, that's how I kind of ended up making here by chance, but it was nice. <laughs> awesome, man! And you've been here ever since. That's uh, that's funny that you you met met someone in Denny's, and that kind of led to your yeah. to your journey uh, to playing in the Philippines. Um, so kind of obviously, we watched quite a lot of you play in the in the PBA, and and congratulations, firstly yeah, on on winning the title that. with TNT. That that's amazing, man. Um, what do you think were were some of the keys for the team to be so successful? Like, what was what were the reason that you had such a good successful season? Um, I think definitely uh, the trust in each other as a team. Uh, I think that played a big role. Uh, a lot of the guys, um, 
we 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 had reliable players in at, at the right time. I feel like that was big, and we all trusted each other, whether like we made a mistake or not. But we knew we were out there trying for to do our best, and um, and we were hungry. To be honest, uh, we lost. Uh, so that was the third conference, right? The first conference we made it to the finals, lost in game seven. The second conference, we don't even make the playoffs. We kind of had a really bad tournament. So going into this third one, like we just, we wanted to have a good showing. We wanted to make a run. And then, uh, you know, we made the import change and got Rondé and that kind of just like changed our trajectory. Uh, we, we really thought, okay, we could really go out and try to get this. So I think just the trust and belief and then like, you know, being a more hungry team, I, I think that played a big role. Oh, amazing. You, you kind of mentioned there, but getting, getting Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Yeah. What was the what was the big difference that he made? What was the big thing that he, he kind of added to your team? Yeah, with, with, uh, besides, like, you know, him being so... Uh, he's just an all-around good player, like, uh, being able to score and defend. Uh, I will say, like, he came in with, like, a winning mindset right off the bat. Like, he, he, was, he would call guys out. It was, like, his second practice calling guys out. Like, hey, if we're going to be on the court, we're going to practice hard. We're going to go hard today. And you don't really get that from a lot of import players. So, uh, imports, they want to win, but, you know, it's a job, too. And they want to get their numbers. They want to, like, win in those ways. But he was like, whatever it takes, I want us to win. And I, and I want all of us to win. So he, 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 was, he really came in focused on winning the championship. And I think that rubbed off on a lot of the guys. And, you know, especially guys who hadn't really – uh, made a championship run like that. We had some key players who it was like their first time in the finals, but they had Rondé there who was like, he was solid for us the whole time. It was just solid, straight focus on the goal. Never got out of himself emotionally. And I think that really was like that shift in mindset. Like we all took that. For sure. He, uh, he's watching him on the court. He always looks so like locked in and focused, yeah. right? And I think he'd actually be a good person to chat with about mindset on the podcast, Definitely. right? Yeah. Me and <laughs> him, an interesting we've person. had some good uh, talks. Like um, he was living in BGC also. So we would, I would ride back with him some days. And he was, he said his whole career, he wasn't always as focused as he was, he is now. And I think him not being in the league kind of gave him a different perspective on not just basketball, just in life in general. So when, you know, talking with him, he, he was the one that told me, like, Matt, it doesn't matter what the coaches do. It doesn't matter what the other players do. It doesn't matter what the other team is. Nobody is more locked in than I am right now. I can guarantee you that. And if this, I'm a leader, I'm the snake of the head, and as long, as long, or I'm the head of the snake, and as long as the head is good, like, we're going we're gonna to get there. And he said that to me, and I'm like, oh, yes, that hyped me up. <laughs> I'm ready to play for you, man. <laughs> like, let's go. I love it. It sounds like uh, that mindset really kind of translated throughout the team. Um, so, obviously, playing in some big games, right, for the Philippines in these Game 7s, the one thing that I always notice is there must be so much pressure and, like, scrutiny from, like, the fans, yeah. from, like, the media. Like, how do you kind of manage this pressure maybe mentally and emotionally how do you how do you deal with that yeah um i will say it's not easy you know it doesn't it's not something that's naturally came easy for me uh i would say part of my upbringing i played under like a spotlight like kind of my whole life uh obviously not in like these big arenas and stuff like that but so it, i kind of was prepared for it um and then 
for me personally, I just enjoy like playing the game. <laughs> I just really enjoy playing basketball. So I try not to look at it as uh, so deep, like in the moment, you know, I'm just like playing the game. When I, after the game, I'll be like, I'll sit back like, there's like 50,000 people in the stands and I, you know, I just got a block shot. Like, you know, but when I'm in the moment, I don't, uh, I kind of can like clear all that out and just like focus on like making good plays, like staying in the game. And, um, and then, you know, having like a balance with like this day and age with social media, I feel like that is a big thing. Um, like me growing up playing i didn't have to deal with like social media and like oh i gotta play well so i can get this highlight or i want to go viral uh, i think players nowadays kind of that is a part of like their psyche um i've seen it like i've seen the transition because i played with older guys and i played with a lot of these younger guys now and um i think that balance with social media makes a big difference um when you're on the court in those games in those moments like what what are you what are you thinking of are you thinking of the game or are you thinking of like how you're looking and how you're playing like you know just if you're focused on the game like all that outside stuff is you can let it go yeah it's almost like if you're kind of locked in right it's kind of like when you're like in meditation right you're mm -hmm. focused purely on like breathing yeah. or something right rather than it's tricky to focus on like six different things at once, right? Whereas when you're just focused on basketball, like that's when you yeah. kind of lock in and you head towards that zone. And right? that's the thing I tell, like I could, me, I can kind of sense when guys are kind of out, like when, when the moment is getting to them, like my biggest thing, you'll hear me tell guys all the time, hey, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, bro. It's just basketball, it's what we've been doing. Like even I had a game yesterday, it was like, you know, it wasn't really that many people in the stands, but it's like these college guys are playing against these pro guys for the first time. And he, I'm telling them, like, hey, settle down a little bit. Like, this is a big moment for them, you know? Like, they're measuring themselves against uh, professionals and where they want to be. They, I could tell they were nervous. Like, you know, I try to get everybody grounded. Like, you know, we're just playing a game at the end of the day. And if you go out and do your best, what can you complain about, you know? Man, that's amazing. That's that's so cool. And actually, that leads me on to my, my next question quite nicely. Um, so obviously, do you have any pregame routines? Like we touched on meditation there, like you talked a bit about breathing. Do you have any pregame routines that you do to help optimize your mindset and kind of get you locked in and ready to yeah, play? Yeah, definitely. This is something that was uh, new to me probably within the last like five years uh, where I breathe before the games, just like take a minute to myself and really like, ground where I'm at and like before as a player I used to I used to feel like the only way I could play good and hard is if I had like this chip on my shoulder that's just like how I used to like that's how I grew up playing I was always like kind of smaller so my mindset before was I need to go out there and whoever my opponent is I'm gonna get him I'm gonna smash him but I, I had to change that because especially playing in the PBA I don't want to kill the guy that I'm playing against because he's actually a friend of mine or I see him at the grocery store. He has a really nice family. So it's like, how do I go out and still have this competitive edge? And it's just really like kind of like knowing like being for me, it's like I, sh I throw like gratitude in there. Like, OK, I'm grateful. I'm playing this game like this is what I dreamed of growing up. Like, let me put myself in that where I can like build myself up and really feel like confident in myself and then go out there and compete. So a lot of it is just kind of putting myself like not being not letting the moment be so big and just like you know if I told myself at 10 years old hey you're going to be playing professional basketball I, I would like 
what other i don't have any more worries i'm good <laughs> man that's such an amazing mindset because i feel like often people you know they hustle hard and they see it as like this job where it's like a grind yeah. and and it's tough but like when you're just doing something because you love doing it it, it must make things yeah feel pretty easy yeah. right and feel pretty easy to flow yeah that's definitely awesome man. awesome all right so what's been your most memorable moment playing for the Philippines. I mean, firstly, what an amazing achievement to, to yeah. represent the Philippines at basketball. But what's, what's been like the, the proudest moment that you've had playing for the team? Um, definitely, uh, I got a few gold medals with the team, like playing in some tournaments. Uh, so that was definitely amazing to like uh, represent the Philippines in that way. Um, I would say like one of the proudest moments, like it was actually we lost. We got into second place uh, in the FIBA Asia Cup in 2015. Uh, we played in China. We lost. We lost actually, but we were, we were so close to like making it to the Olympics. Uh, but you know that we went through so much with that team, uh, with that group of uh, national team players, because it wasn't like star-studded players it was kind of like there was a time in philippine basketball where like um certain players weren't being allowed to play for the national team you know thankfully that's behind now but at that time that's what it was so i was on this like ragtag team you would say we weren't supposed to even go far but we ended up making it to the finals and we're like 10 points away from actually making it to the olympics so uh it hurt to lose and it still hurts now but like we like definitely made the whole country proud that group of guys we definitely made all the filipinos like around the world so proud and i have the chills right now thinking about it and that like definitely like goes down like it's like one of my top moments of representing the country for sure oh, amazing yeah i can kind of get a vibe that yeah you've definitely passionate talking yeah. about it right that's that's such a cool achievement so were you like hugely underdogs in that tournament? yeah you... definitely we, we we didn't have the um full the nice and shiny roster that you would like we that uh they wanted to send out so it was kind of like a lot of underdog type players we had a we had a good squad though we had really good players but we weren't supposed to even like make it that far and like we were coached really well we had good game plans and we just were a tight-knit group and um we had belief like that we could beat this team and like china was like heavily favored over us at home and we took them like we gave them everything they could handle and you know i'm not gonna say like blame it on refereeing and stuff but there was a lot of <laughs> funny stuff going on during that game too <laughs> like our bus our electric bus ran out of gas <laughs> like stuff like that we were late to the arena like they had to fix the net before during our warm-up so we didn't get to warm up that well so it was like stuff like that happened and uh, we played through it and still almost had it so yeah that was that was good there oh yeah. man oh man that's so cool and um, i think one thing that always strikes me whenever I see you is obviously you're you're an incredible athlete and a, an incredible basketball player but you you have four amazing young girls um and you're also a vegan and I think it's it's slightly not different to the norm but it's not do you know what I mean when you think of traditional basketball yeah. players and I think that's really really unique and really amazing so obviously being vegan um maybe you could tell us more about this and maybe you could tell us maybe some of the challenges that you face being a vegan yeah, athlete. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've been vegan about five years and, uh, you know, I, when I started this like vegan journey, it was just more like eating healthier. I was like 
I was like a McDonald's kid, grew up eating McDonald's, like TV dinner, stuff like that. So that's what I was taught growing up eating. And so uh, when me and Britt uh, got older, we wanted to like make more, just better eating habits. And then, you know, just snowballed into going vegan. And it was like over like a year and a half time before we were really like, okay, let's go vegan. And uh, with that, like, you know, I, I love how I'm feeling now. Um, in the beginning, I would say it was the biggest challenge was just uh, changing the way I eat and what I eat. So I was used to being able to like go find a burger real quick or order something quick, you know, especially in the Philippines at that time, there weren't a lot of options, vegan options. So um, thankfully my wife cooks so good. <laughs> so that that helped us a lot in the, in the beginning. But um, on like being an athlete, I would say, there's like a big misconception, like, you know, you're going to be weak, you know, and uh, you can't be physical if you're vegan. And people, when I would tell people like, yeah, I'm not eating meat anymore. Like they look at me like, and I'm kind of a thin guy. Oh, what? what? You're not eating meat. Like, that's what you need. You need more meat. Like you need to bulk up and you need to get really big and fit. And you know, maybe back in the day, that was kind of like the ideal athlete. But now the ideal basketball player is like long, athletic, wiry strength. And that's like, that's where I'm at now. So when I first like started talking about it, I got a lot of backlash from players, coaches, even management. And uh, I think for me, that was like the hardest thing is having to like stand up for what I believed in. But still, I'm at that point, I was still learning about it and like trying to like you know, I knew like there are other athletes out there. I had to like literally search, are there other vegan basketball players? And there was at that time, there was like maybe like two. <laughs> but like, you know, throughout the years, more guys have come out, more guys have tried it. And um, it's nice now that there's other vegan athletes out there, not even like just basketball players, just, you know. But yeah, it, it was a challenge more for like having to like, be confident with it and sticking with it because there were so many people saying, Oh, you can't do it. You can't do it. It won't work out. You're not, I had a coach actually tell me, Oh, I had, there was this athlete. He was a famous runner. He went vegetarian and then broke, broke both of his knees. And, uh, you know, and they said, because he didn't eat me. And I'm like <laughs> having to get this oh weekly <laughs> on a weekly basis. I'm like, I had one bad game. It's not because of what I'm not eating. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's hard. Did you did your faith ever kind of waver? Were you ever like in those situations with everyone kind of giving you the noise of like, you know, you need to eat meat? Did your faith ever kind of waver and you were like, man, actually, maybe I should um, shift? Or? For me, it was because I spent so much time before like being completely vegan, like going in and out of like, you know, not eating meat at home and like seeing how I felt. So I knew in the long run, I was this was going to be good for me. It's going to be good for our family. Um, so I just figured like, whatever, if I get traded for being vegan, I get traded for being vegan. Like <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. Like that was one thing, like it was, it was harder. Like I never really was like, Oh, I'm just going to eat meat. But it was more like, how do I get these guys off my back <laughs> for not eating meat? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that was more, more of it. But, um, yeah, I'm glad I, I stuck it out. Like, and now it's like really accepted there was a point where people were like trying to talk me out of it now most of the time people want to know how is it how are you doing do you enjoy it you know now the questions are different now so yeah 
Oh, perfect. That actually leads us to our next question. So how do you how do you think this more plant based or like vegan diet? How do you think it's impacted your performance? Yeah, for me, I, I know for a fact that I can go longer and harder on the court. Um, and I think that directly correlates to like how I eat. And I've always been like kind of a energy guy anyways. But the older I'm getting, like, you would think I like, I'd be slowing down by now, but really I'm kind of maintaining, if not taking it up, up a notch because I kind of understand the game even more. So like, I know my conditioning, my recovery is definitely better because of it. And um, just like the lighter feeling, getting up in the morning, um, that is definitely helps me because um, I'm like a night snacker. So <laughs> like before it was like McDonald's at like 1 a.m. Like <laughs> I have really bad eating habits, but, you know, now it's like a handful of nuts and, and I'm good. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely I, I would recommend it. And how, I, you know, what I tell other players who like say, oh, I want to try. I'm like, just try to eat a vegan meal in one day. Just see how you feel. Like if you could eat two meals like that, even better. Like just try one day. Like it's really hard to just like cut something out of your diet, especially, you know, even with me, it was hard to like cut stuff because I have there's emotion attached to food, you know, and I'm sure that's with everybody. So um, once you can kind of get away from that, um then it's like you know it's definitely doable yeah and i think a lot of people kind of just to add to that i think a lot of people go like all in they're like right i'm going to be a vegan and they try and cook vegan the whole time and then they're like oh it's so hard and then they like fail and they have a burger and then they're like oh i'm going to yeah. stop doing this whereas i like your your advice is so good man of just doing like one meal a day and then building yeah, on that yeah, right exactly. like building Cutting two meals cold and turkey then, is oh, man, like I would say it's, it's impossible hard. almost unless like, you know, unless you're really yeah. sick and it's like something you really need to do. And I've met some vegans who were like that. It's like, uh, actually that is kind of what kind of kept me going. Like the first year I was vegan, I, I remember we had a game out of town. I want to say it was Davao. Um, and there was a vegan restaurant there and everywhere I go when I travel basketball wise, or even just with our family, we always got to find a vegan restaurant. You know what I mean? So I was out with my team, my team, like where they're, they're doing their own thing. So I, I, yeah, so I was out with my, I, I went out and got a, found a vegan, full vegan restaurant. So I was going there for like lunch and dinner every day. And then I met a guy who he was like, he had cancer and that's why he like started doing a vegan diet and all his tests after a month doing it all his tests came back way better and his doc his doctor was the one that said yes maybe stop eating meat uh that's what they told him to do to help with his cancer and he was like i'm gonna stick with this the rest of my life so like unless you're in a situation like that it's almost impossible to just like straight cut it all out right away yeah no I, that's a that's a really good point actually yeah, and i like your advice like you said there that's that's really helpful um so obviously you're not planning on retiring anytime soon, <laughs> but when you do eventually kind of retire yeah. from the game, um, obviously as someone who's got like a wide range of interests, um, would you do you see yourself staying and staying in the game maybe as a coach or a broadcaster or or being involved in in that kind of capacity? yeah? For me, I I feel like I'm like a basketball lifer. Like um, I don't really have ambition, as, at least as of right now, to be like a big time college coach or anything like that. But I do want to like impact the youth with basketball when when it's all said and done, when I'm fully done with my career. 
uh, as a player. So definitely want to get into coaching, um, personal training. And uh, like with me, I was fortunate enough, I had some good coaches growing up that kind of helped steer me in the right direction. And I feel like, you know, I just want to give back and, and do the same if I can impact, you know, kids. And, you know, like you said, I have the four girls, so I'm hoping I can get one of them to play. <laughs> but uh, definitely want to, if uh, especially if um, one of them really, like, uh, falls in love with the game, I'll definitely be on the women's side, too. and just want to, like, you know, share with my experiences and stuff. Um, maybe coach AAU eventually down the line. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely a basketball lifer. It'll always be there. If if there's a kid at the park playing, I'll go help him out. Like I'm, I'm like that. Uh, I love it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure the girls, they've got such a good role model, right? Watching you play. So I'm sure that they definitely, yeah, yeah they've got someone to look up to, right? Like an inspiration, man. That's awesome. Um, So this podcast is all about what is an optimal mindset or how can we develop an optimal yeah. mindset? So I'd love to hear your definition of, of what do you think having an optimal mindset yeah, would be? Yeah, definitely for me, um, when I think of like optimal mindset, it's more like uh, for me personally, it's like being grounded and uh, uh, being in check of your ego and your emotions. Um, I feel like that plays a big role into having like that right optimal mindset like you know not just even in sports but just in life in general oh man that's amazing i love that that's not where i thought you would go with that (laughs) but that's such a cool answer yeah i think i'm gonna write that down and use that again um so do you have any any books or maybe like you could give us a couple of like resources or things you've come across in your life that have changed the way yeah definitely um uh one one book is uh oh my god what I'm like drawing a blank right now. I literally just, uh, it's Eckhart Tolle, actually. Um, uh, the Power of Now. Yeah, I read that book twice. So that definitely uh, helped me uh, kind of quiet that voice in my head, uh, you know, of uh, doubt, uh, like that kind of goes with my emotions, that's connected with ego. Um, and then, uh, the new the new earth also by Eckhart Tolle that was uh also a big one that kind of helped that helped me also uh just being more controlled of of my emotions and uh not really controlled but just aware more of the awareness and presence uh in in, in general and then uh uh one book I read last year uh the way of the superior man uh that's also one that kind of talked talked about like uh balancing feminine and masculine energies like that uh those three probably impacted my life a lot just you know taking stuff here and there from there but definitely changed um my mindset helped me even mature more as like a person as a man uh in my family and um and it definitely impacted me on the court and just changed my mindset on the court as well Oh, amazing. Is there a culture of um, people reading, like in terms of like the basketball team? Would you say that there's a culture um, of people that read a lot? I would say there there are. There are. Uh, I've I had in my rookie year, I had uh, a lot of really good vets on, on my team, uh, a lot of really, really good vets. And not even just like on the court. It's just like good examples of fathers and stuff like that. So there is a culture of readers out there. Uh, I'm not going to say it 
I'm a, I, I don't come to practice and say, hey, guys, guess the, look, look at this book I just read. You know, it's not really like the basketball culture, but there are guys out there that read and that try to better themselves. And, uh, you know, I wasn't even a big time reader um, until maybe after having my second kid <laughs> because, uh, you know, I just wanted to just make changes in my life. And uh, like really, yeah, The Power of Now was that first book I when I first read that and like, I had to read it twice actually to really to really get it and then you know understanding presence in that way and I had a teammate who um he was older he was about to retire and he was the one that he kind of talked to me about it we we both were reading it at the same time and he was like man if I knew this stuff when I first started playing like I could have had such an easier career not like as in like I would have won more games or I would have like would have had more playing time just like he would have went through his career easier and so i really took that and uh that ever since i've gotten that it's i feel like my career has like you know everything i really wanted i could i'm able to achieve and i'm able to enjoy it in the moments and and really in being like in the moments of all those times made it makes it so much sweeter you know yeah that's that's amazing i think um yeah, I think you, you kind of touched it on the head, right? The fact that often, like, it's not the, the situation that changes, but it's just the way that you respond to the situation, right? Like, you we're always going to go through ups yeah. and downs, right? But, like, it's about being able to respond to the situation rather than, like, reacting, right? Which is which is not no, always easy not as well, easy. right? Not, especially in, our, in this profession, mm-hmm. it's definitely not easy. Like you said, being scrutinized daily by coaches and other players, and you got guys who want to see you do good but not – do too well because they want your spot so you know if you have once I had that perspective of what this game and this profession and this job is about I was able to flow through it a lot easier and it didn't carry so much weight obviously I care for the game I care about winning I care about you know trying to do my best but at the end of the day I can only control what I can control and like you said mindset is the only thing I can a hundred percent control <laughs> and i love it i love it so based on kind of everything we've talked about and some of the stuff you just said there if you were going to give maybe like for a younger athlete or for anyone that's aspiring to kind of be like you what would be like three actionable things that just people can do to maybe develop a more optimal mindset what would be like your three yeah, top definitely tips? the first would be uh the meditating before even training before training, before the game. And I know a lot of guys like kind of, you know, put their AirPods in and they're like getting in that mic, but having like real intentional breathing before working out, I think that is huge. Um, and then like, yeah, that's leading to my next thing. It's just your breath, being conscious of your breath uh, while you're performing. Uh, I think that's big. Like, you know, not saying like, taking deep breaths like really like if i'm in a situation take a deep breath let me get back to where i'm at like if i can feel myself getting too amped up or too overworked like let me like bring myself back down a little bit um and and the third one is just to really know what your what your why is like why why are you doing this like you know if you're doing it for fun that's cool if you're doing it to try to get a scholarship like you know it's different type of work you got to put in but uh, what is your why? And for me, like, 
growing up is I didn't really I just knew this is this is what I knew was basketball. So I didn't really have like a why or a purpose. And I think once I got that, um, probably like when I got to college, I figured out oh, this is my why with the sport because I, I didn't really have ambition to really play overseas after uh, like when I first got to college. So like once I got my why, then I started being able to perform on a higher level and, you know, got a championship in college, had a lot of success there. So I think just knowing what you're, why are you out there? Why, why are you training? Why are you going so hard? Like, what, what is it? And that, that really puts a lot of it in perspective. Awesome. I have two follow-up questions. Uh, so the first one is, when you say meditation, what like what would be what does that look like before a game? Are you like just focusing on the breathing? Yeah. Are you like changing the way that you? Are you what are you? So, what would that look like? Yeah, it would be like, uh, you know, like a little bit of silence if you can, um, some visualization, and definitely uh, like calming your breath down. So like getting to where you're like in a calm state. Um, like what I like to do. Uh, which what helps me, like, I'll breathe and I'll smile. I'll force myself to smile, I, you know? It could be whatever game. It, it could be a super hyped-up game. Like, I might be, like, super amped, like, ready. Like, I'm going to go out there get this win. But I want to make my I – I always make myself smile. Even, like, when I'm warming up before we go out in the game, like, I'm, like, really forcing myself to smile and, like, feel good. And um, so, yeah, definitely, like, trying to – like calm your breath, calm your breathing, and like just get into a right state. Like the visualization is always good to you know visualize yourself making that shot, whatever your role on your team is. Like that, that definitely is big. Amazing. And second question, um, I love I love what you said at the end about you know what finding a why mm-hmm. and finding yeah. like a purpose. What would what would you say your why yeah. is today? Like what's your why today, right now? Uh, yeah, well, like yeah, just generally yeah. Yeah, at the moment because it's it's changed throughout the years of like you know i've been playing this game for a while so but like today is always like um i come in like do my work and everything it's because uh, yeah so uh yeah for my why i'm for me like like i said i'm i'm like a walking example of like you know following your dreams and like putting the work in so I have a responsibility to to give it my all every day um, to, like, be that example for them because, you know, they're going to grow up. They have their own dreams. They have their own ambitions. And I would want I would want them to follow it, you know. And for me, like, it hasn't it's not always the way I want it to be. And, you know, I have to be that example, whether it goes good, whether it goes bad, how to how I react in those situations, um, how I prepare for those situations and, you know, and, and, and my outlook after games, whether, you know, I play a lot or I have a great game or I don't have a good game. And, you know, like, so I have those eyes on me always. So that's definitely my why is to like, uh, to do it at the best of my ability and to give my best. Cause you know, at the end of this, like I want my kids to be able to, to, go after their dreams you know go hard for it oh, that's that's incredible i mean some of the stuff you shared has just been just been incredible and so much 
knowledge and like so much depth and i really do appreciate you kind of coming on the show um and i'm sure people are going to take away i mean i'm already taking away <laughs> some, so much of the stuff that you said so so i'm sure our audience will too um where can people kind of connect with you all or where can people find out more if yeah they want to definitely find out more about you? um ig uh, i'm on ig i'm on twitter um not so much really uh active on facebook but ig um my handle is real underscore mateo uh ig and twitter <laughs> ever since i made ig and twitter i've had the same one so like i've kind of pride myself on not ever changing <laughs> maybe one day i will oh, perfect <laughs> perfect well we'll um we'll link to that in the show notes as well if people want to kind of follow up with you but i really just want to thank you for just being such a such an inspiring and awesome guest man it's been a real pleasure and i really appreciate yes, you being yes, here sir. Man. So thank I you so much it, man thank you for having me awesome. on here awesome. Good I, I love your content and i think uh having that optimal mindset uh getting that out there for people to learn and to grow on that um it's so vital and it's not even just for being an athlete it's just all around life and i think people can take a lot from this podcast in particular but definitely from like our talk i hope people can take something from it i'm sure they will awesome thank you so much this has been optimal mindset i hope you enjoyed the show and i look forward to hearing again from you soon take care everyone Thank you so much for tuning into the Optimal Mindset podcast today. We are available on SoundCloud and on Spotify. I've included all my information in the show notes for those who wish to find out more about our, our guests and upcoming episodes. Remember, train your mind, optimize your life.